0: What's up, sports fans? Welcome back to another episode of Pez's Picks. I'm Jeff Hartman, not Pez, not the guy making these picks. The guy that you see next to me if you're watching live on YouTube or the other voice that you're about to hear on the audio side is Pez, the man with the plan. What's up, Pez? How's it going?
1: We're, we're, we're surviving, Jeff, coming off of that, that tough week last week, one-on-one. One, we're happy. Uh, crazy week, crazy games. I mean, you know, now we get a week to take off and breathe and
0: one more to go. It was crazy. We were close to going 0-2 last week. <laughs> or 2-0. Oh.
1: I mean, I think That's we should have. That's true. I, I think those games, I don't know. I mean, we're going to get into it.
0: Well, let's let's start there. Let's start with the championship weekend preview. We had the Ravens minus 3.5 against the Chiefs. The Chiefs obviously went outright. It was close 17-10. to 10. The Ravens had their opportunities. Zay Flowers fumble into the end zone. Lamar Jackson's interception into triple coverage in the fourth quarter. The, the the Ravens let us down, and I'm not sure if I said it on this podcast or another one, but I was not shocked because I've seen this Ravens team collapse so many times as a Steelers fan. This did not surprise me. But what, what about you? What did you think of those games?
1: You know, and, and going back to, you know, one of my old partners, one of my old buddies, the Yogi, uh, I think we – Even though we lost, we we had the right side. And uh, losing back can still be a good bet. I I, I still think Baltimore was the right play. I think if Baltimore plays that team 10 times, they're going to win a lot more than they lose. Uh, They did everything that they needed to do to beat that team. If you hold Kansas City or any team scoreless in the second half, which they did, you should be winning that game, especially at home. Yeah. You know, when when I look at this box score, you know I'm 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 starting to get into next week a little bit, but Kansas City's just not that good. I mean, their offense is not that good. Defense is great, but their offense is it's probably the worst offensive team they've had going into any of these Super Bowls. There's two guys now; they're two of the best, and they're two Hall of Famers. But at the end of the day, when you look at Kansas City's box score rushing. Pacheco, 68 yards. They held that team to eight, 89 rushing yards. No points in the second half. And like you said, fly, that play, Flowers diving into that end zone, to that interception, that, that's one of the best plays probably in NFL history. Probably saved the game. I mean, they yeah. score there. They're going to be tied. And then they're in a field goal range at worst. When, when my, my man Lamar throws up a, a triple coverage a dream ball, I don't know what he was thinking there. Um, and then if you look at Baltimore, I think really what we saw last week, we saw Baltimore superior talent. They had superior defense at the end of the day, and this got out coached. I mean, you, yeah. you look at what they did. Uh, eight and what do we have? Fourteen rushes for the whole game. It, Lamar Weird. Jackson read he, he led the team in eight rushing attempts. Your running backs combined for five rushes or three rushes out of your running back. I mean, you're you're not winning. In the NFL, if you do that, and the, the Eagles got caught up in this stuff, too. And I, I bet a lot of it's Reed and, and Spagnuolo. I think he wanted them to do that. Don't rush the ball. Force Lamar to throw the ball. And I'm going to confuse him with some guys running around the middle of the park. And I, I I, I wouldn't be shocked if seven out of eight times if Baltimore replayed that game, they win that game. And it, you look at the offense, Mahomes, I love watching Zane's offense. It looks like they're doing a lot. He's handing the ball off with 3, three five-yard passes. And yep. you know, at the end of the day, Kelsey, we talked about it two weeks ago, had a bad game first round. Eleven for eleven. Guy was unstoppable. Unstoppable. Um, and that I, I, I if if I was a Baltimore fan, I don't know. I might have to start checking my allegiance on that team. That they, they, they gotta get a new coach. I don't know what the hell's going on there, Jeff. You can't run the ball three times to your running back in a in a playoff championship yeah. game and get to the Super Bowl. You just can't do it.
0: Well, they lost their defensive coordinator. He's the new head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. But, you know, I've, let me ask you this question because I feel like this is kind of where the NFL is trending in their, and it's boiling down to. When you talk about baseball, everyone always says, just look at the pitching matchup. Just take the team with the better pitcher. Are we getting to the point now where you just say, take the better quarterback? Because Lamar Jackson is not better than Patrick Mahomes. I don't care. Dude, you can no. talk about the MVP. You can talk about his running ability. When it matters most... One is making the play and one isn't. And we know which one I'm talking about. So, do you trend in that direction or do you think the NFL is trending in that direction? I mean, we, we talked about it all year. And, uh, you know,
1: we had, a, we had a five point algorithm, you know, or, or uh, you know, whatever you want to call it system yeah. when we're making these bets. And quarterback was number one. Right. And I agree with you 100%. I mean, Baltimore did not check that box. Having said that, I think Baltimore had a better offense and defense, and I think Lamar probably played well enough to win that game. I think if they play calling was better, they probably blow that team out in the second half. They they could not move that ball. How many third and longs did they have? How many how many times did that team just look like first drive? I mean they're three and out. You know, and when you're not running the ball, you're not ticking the clock. My man Andy does not score a point in the second half. He ticked that clock. They burned those things with a little dump-offs, little screens, and he's not looking to get yards as much you're trying to tick the clock and keep yeah. it out of Lamar's hands. But at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes, uh, he may be the best playoff quarterback ever, even maybe better than Brady, right? I mean, that guy, he moves at a different speed. His brain is moving at a different speed than that game. And, you know, Michael Jordan had that same ability. They're seeing the game differently than everybody out there. And, and he – he won that game. Patrick Mahomes won that game. The guy's amazing. I mean, he did what he had to do. And, you know, you could argue if they need another score, maybe they would have called it different, but I don't know. I think Baltimore's defense made a couple adjustments, came on. And I I, I feel sad for Lamar. I know as a Pittsburgh fan that, you know, I'm not getting any sympathy from a lot of our no. listeners out there, but but I thought that guy, you know, he 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 probably deserved to win that. I mean, it was his time, and you might not get another time. I was talking about a friend of mine. The Baltimore and the Detroit Lions. It could have been like the Atlanta Falcons when uh, Matt Ryan and, and they they you gave know? up Super Bowl. You never saw them again. You know and that was it. Just broke that team.
0: You know, sometimes people poo poo experience. They will say, "Oh, but you know, the Chiefs had they have all the experience, but the, the Ravens are more talented. The Ravens are the better offense, better defense. Everything that you just said to justify you picking the Ravens, which I get. That game, in and of itself." Was a picture of why experience matters because sure. that team, the Chiefs team, had been there, done that. They've, they had already lived it and Baltimore had not. Nope. And they, they, they goaded them into so many penalties. They pushed and pushed. And once they retaliated, 15 yards goes the other way. Sure. They did that with experience. And so when I watched the against it, man, the experience factor in this game is off the charts and it's in the favor of the Chiefs. And I think that's something that we don't talk about maybe enough. Sure. But it did in this game. That's what, that's what I think. What do you think?
1: Well, it looked exactly like the Super Bowl last year, you know, where in the second half, the Eagles' play calling got tight and experience kicked in, and yeah. I, they looked like a nervous team the whole game, Baltimore. The play calling, uh, it, it just seemed like they got caught up in the moment, and I know the Eagles talked about that last year too in that second half. And, you know, you're you're looking at that from the sideline as a coordinator. Head coach, you're calling plays, and and you're doing what you know the new the new systems call for. You use a, you use a uh, statistics and numbers when they have certain guys in the box or enough, enough guys in the line. You're going to throw or a pass, and I, I think teams are going to start thinking about that a little bit. And is a smart dude. I think he baited them into throwing that ball all day, and it worked. And I I think Kansas City probably you know is is in the Super Bowl with the worst team they've had for Mahomes. Guy has very limited weapons. I mean, Pacheco's decent. He's got one receiver. Um, you know, and I, their offensive line's great, though. You got to give him that. I don't think yeah. uh, Mahomes didn't get touched, right? I mean, he didn't get sacked other than the penalties that he, they gave up.
0: He did get sacked once because I remember it was Nance that said it was the first time he had been sacked right, since right. the AFC championship game last year in the postseason. It, it's, right. He doesn't get touched very often, we'll
1: put it that Does way. doesn't. And, you know, he didn't not even run. That. I mean, they held him in check there. and. Just game management was was what it came down to, and I, I don't know. It's going to be a tough, tough game to call next week, I think. Tough game.
0: We're not going to jump the gun. We're not giving you any Super Bowl picks here. We're going to talk about the line of the Super Bowl here in a second, but let's get through the NFC Championship game first. The Detroit Lions, which we rode that train as long as we could until the <sighs> wheels literally fell off. They did pull through, a little backdoor cover there, but the Detroit Lions uh, – the San Francisco 49ers are giving seven and they end up winning by, what was it? Is it three or four was the finals? I can't remember, but 34, it,
1: 31. It, big, it big was, uh, for the lions.
0: Yeah, but it was, it was the choke job of all choke jobs for Dan Campbell and the boys. What were your thoughts on that?
1: I mean, when you go 14 and six against the spread, Jeff, we got to tell that we, we got to call that the Super Bowl champion. I don't know if I've seen a team go 14 and six against the spread. Uh, and right now uh, San Francisco has going to losing record against the spread. So, at the end of the day, Detroit Lions, I, I love you. I thank you. Made us a lot of money this year, and yeah. you know, and I've been hearing all week about the the fourth down calls, and I, I think Campbell did what Campbell did all year. I think San Francisco got lucky again. I, I really do. You know, and you could you can you can second guess any call coach makes or what have you. Uh, I can't believe Detroit lost that game. I still can't. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was calling it over. Well, you know what, Jeff? I got a little something to say to some of my my compadres out there, some of our followers. I was getting side message. They took the money line. They got greedy. You can't get greedy in these games. They have those lines set for a reason. And at the end of the day, they were dead on straight about this game again. Uh, I mean, 100%, they were right. And you could have had – you could have had Detroit win that outright, but at the end of the day, Vegas wins. Vegas rules. Vegas knows what do. they're doing. Uh, I, I think it was probably about an even public bet. I think we had probably 50% on both sides because the line didn't really budge at all. It was seven solid the whole time. But I I, I I can't believe they let Purdy run that ball down their throat the whole second half. I mean, they did a decent job against Debo. did a great job against McCaffrey, right? When we look at that box score, uh, McCaffrey under 100 yards. I mean, if without Purdy, they're keeping that team at about a hundred or a little bit under 100 yards. Purdy rushes for 48. I mean, Purdy, Purdy didn't look too hot in that first half, and and that no. team, that ball was stalled. I think they got up too early, and and you know, like you said, experience. Right, halftime, they look like the again second that game just like the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Up up at halftime. You're you're making the impossible happen, and God, I, I feel bad for them. I feel bad for Campbell. Happily, they're keeping the coordinators. It looks like.
0: Yeah, that yeah, they think. are. Uh, ben Ben Johnson, I think is his name. He was. He said he's staying. The thing yep. with me, and again, everyone would say, let's look at the quarterback matchup, like we do with pitchers in baseball, and you'd say, well, Jared Goff is the better quarterback over Brock Purdy. Well, not in this game, he wasn't, because Brock Purdy, his mobility, like you said, 42 yards rushing, that doesn't even illustrate how well he manipulated the pocket, how well he he escaped pressure, extended plays, and then just kept the chains moving, kept the chains moving, kept the ball out of Jared Goff's hands. And so for that, when you look at Jared Goff, I mean Jared Goff didn't he didn't make the big mistake, but he also didn't win the game. And he didn't get a lot of help. I'll give him credit there. And I've never been a Jared Goff guy, but still Bob Purdy was the better quarterback.
1: Well, you know, Purdy did have a pick. Um, so, you know, we're going to have to knock him on that. No picks for Jared Goff on the road again. On the road, statistically, he was the best quarterback in the league this year. I mean, that guy. I think he had seven road wins, and and that's pretty impressive. Turnovers were down on the road compared to last year. Uh, you know, they rushed for what was it 182 yards. I mean, you yeah. got to win the game when you rush for 182 yards. Uh, golf put up 273. The one thing I, you know, one mistake I think they made, and they showed it when they hit, needed points at the end, they let golf air it out. They ran right down the field again. They yeah. just charged right down there. They got that touchdown, and you know, I heard a guy say, I think on the second or third down they ran it, burned a little bit more clock, and they couldn't get the ball back. But I think they got a little gun shy too, you know, and that's something you got to give it to the Chiefs. They know how to manage that clock. They know how to milk lead in the playoffs. And that—that that is just the name of the game, especially the quarterback throwing league we have now. Quarterback's coach out there. Uh, it was almost boring in that second half, Baltimore and Kansas City, right? All they did was dinky donuts, drop it off here, drop it off there. And their guys make catches, and they don't turn the ball over in Kansas City. So, no. uh, you know, I was thinking about it a lot last night. I don't think we have the two best teams. I think we have the best quarterback and the best tight end. And I, I think San Francisco is fortunate to get there, but when you look at a player for player, San Francisco is probably the more talented team. They at uh, uh, position for position, yeah, they they have to have more talent. You know, I think about my birds that's why I'm wearing my green again. Probably the Eagles have more talent than both of those teams. So maybe talent isn't what gets you there in the Super Bowl in the playoffs. And I think coaching really came came into play in in these playoffs. And Andy Reid's maybe the best. You know, guy we've had in a long time in that league. I mean, he yeah. really is.
0: So we finished the conference championship weekend one and one, which moves the NFL record to 47 31 and two on the season. And we are not, like I said earlier, we're not giving you the NFL, the Super Bowl pick, not today, but we do want to talk about some of the early action on that Super Bowl. And I'm looking at DraftKings Sportsbook right now, and I'm just looking at the overarching Super Bowl odds. And right now, what I find to be unbelievably interesting is how the line has moved since this game became final. So since the San Francisco 49ers punched their ticket in the NFC Championship game, the nightcap, at first it was San Fran minus two and a half. By Monday morning, I checked, it was San Fran minus one. You said you saw one where the Chiefs were given points and now it's San Francisco minus two with a total of 47 points. That's what I have in front of me. So Pez, what do you think about this line?
1: You know, and this is the one game we got to be careful with the line. Uh, what they don't want is a, a huge public play on one side. I mean, that to Vegas is, you know, this is the most bad game of the year in America. I mean, probably not the world's price soccer at that point, but, but there are going to be millions of dollars. So, yeah. you know, when that came out, you know, my, my my phone starts lighting up. You know, we were making predictions. I thought Kansas City would be laying three. Um, you, you wonder what Vegas knows, and you know when they they look at this, and they're not doing it by you know by eye spotting. It. They're using computers or using algorithms. They're playing that game out. And and when they play that game out, it appears that talent wise and data wise, San Francisco are winning more games than they're losing. And and that's it. That's a terrifying thing as a gambler to think about right now because they did not look confident where the Kansas City Chiefs did. Um, you know, when you look into the numbers, though, I mean, last week, maybe the Chiefs weren't that good. Maybe Baltimore was that bad. Maybe the Lions were great. You know, if you really look at that game, maybe the Niners did beat a great team and maybe the Chiefs beat a team that just had a horrible week. You know, and yeah. a, a and they expose them a little bit, not having a lot of talent around Lamar. That line, I don't know if I've ever seen the Super Bowl line jump that quick in, in a matter of days. I, I have it now back to laying two. Uh, I mean, uh, the uh, Chiefs getting two. You know, so I, I usually about a week after that's posted, that line doesn't move too much unless you have a major injury. So I I, I would be shocked if it moves too much. Um people do start bringing in some big money in the second week. And once they start looking at it come Monday, we start having the pressers and everybody starts really thinking about this game. I mean, somebody puts in a million dollar bet, that line's going to be moving on whatever book they're putting that in. But when we look at the total kind of even makes it a little bit more confusing. You know, the total opened at 47 and a half and that hasn't moved. So you start thinking scores of that game. I mean, the totals are usually pretty tight. So, like a 24-21 or 27-24 or 27-21 kind of game, um, you know, it's going to be a tough one. It really is. I think Debo is going to be healthier. I think McCaffrey is going to be nice and healthy. Uh, the, the scary thing for the Chiefs, they could be better. Gay, their top linebacker, he didn't even play. I mean, he, yeah. he was supposed to shadow Lamar the whole day. and He didn't even play. That defense looked great. Or was Baltimore that bad? It's something we are going to have to really analyze and look at this next week.
0: Well, let's let's look at this again, because I just brought up uh, the sports Sportsbook, Out of Curiosity, and it has San Fran minus one and a half. So at what point, though, do you pull a trigger on odds? At what point do you say, even if it's now, I mean, yeah, you might be worried about an injury, but not, not a lot's going to change after the first week, like you mentioned. I mean, if you wait a week, you're not going to see a lot of big a big fluctuation. So, at what point do you pull the trigger if you like the odds?
1: Well, if you're a Chiefs person, you had to jump on it at two and a half. I, I I would be literally shocked if they get any more points than two and a half or two. And right now, it looks like it's steady at two. If you're a Chiefs person, I can jump on that. If I was a Niners fan, I might wait. Um, if money keeps heavily poured in, you know, the one site I looked at, they they had the Chiefs bet at seventy percent. So, if that continues. That line's going to have to come down. They, they want yeah. that as close to 50% as they can get it. So a San Fran fan, I would wait. And I think that line could become more favorable to them, especially if Chiefs' money keeps rolling in. But I, I can't see the Chiefs getting any more points. They're not going to be throwing Patrick Mahomes uh, and Andy Reid, Kelsey. They're not going to be throwing them more than – I can't believe it opened at two and a half. You know, that, yeah. that makes me really look at this game. Uh, I haven't met anyone yet. I haven't talked to anyone yet that told me they're betting San Fran not one person. I got one buddy, huge San Fran friend. We call him the Sarge. Uh, he had his San Fran socks. He had teammate uh, d- socks with his name on them. I know he's betting them, but that guy's been a San Fran fan since i know him as a little kid. I don't know what the hell the deal is. He's, he's Joe Montana guy, I guess. So, But aside from him, I don't know anybody betting the 49ers. And I, I'm sure there's a lot of California money. Uh, you wonder, you know, San Fran, you got a lot of those tech nerds up there, Jeff. They can throw a lot of money around. They got nothing to lose those guys. So maybe that's where this line's coming. It's a really tough thing to say. Uh, they did look good in the second half. They did storm back. And if you want to compare just, you know, one and a half games, San Fran, I mean, they, they peaked in their second half, Kansas city. They kind of sputtered through not scoring any points for two quarters. It's not a good over going into the super bowl for anybody.
0: Well, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Next week, we'll have a whole show dedicated to the super bowl. I want to ask you though, Pez, how do you handle the the fun stuff with the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl block pools, or maybe some of the prop bets? Uh, i i've i've I don't know. I've not known you that long, probably since week four, or something of the NFL season, but I've got to know you since then. I don't see you putting money on the color of the Gatorade that's going to be tossed on the winning coach or the length of the national anthem, which just screams that if someone had a connection to who's doing that, they could really manipulate the numbers, but still what's your take on some of those prop bets and the block pools? How do you handle it?
1: Jeff, i I was in Vegas once for a super bowl on a, on a ski trip and, uh, it's dangerous. We did bet the coin toss. We did bet the time of the national anthem. Um, <laughs> you know, which is, which is something you gotta be careful. Who's keeping that clock? You know, we, I, we thought we won and it turned out that there's an official clock keeper of that who knows this guy. I don't even know if they exist. Uh, I have bet all of those dumb things, but, but what, I, what I like is find a pool where you're betting that stuff. I got a buddy that runs a big one. You, you bet, will the first commercial be a beer commercial? How long is a national anthem? You, he's got all kinds of great numbers in there. Those are fun to do. Uh, I've been in $1,000 block pools. I've never won anything from it. Um, I don't think I've ever won any money from any black pool, but they're fun. You know, you got to make sure you trust the person doing these block pulls and you kind of want to do one that, you know, people, My my wife was asking me about a little bit, people buy these blocks, but there's no numbers out there. And she asked me, how come there's no numbers? I said, well, seven, seven or anything. Seven zero is going to be the good one. She said, well, how do they do it? I go, well, they're done randomly after everybody buys a block. She's like, how do you know they're not just helping their friends out? I said, no, that's a good point. She's Sicilian Jeff. So she's always (laughs) thinking between the numbers she's got it in her blood. Uh, Trust the people running these pools, you know. And yeah. I, I've been in big. You know, you go in with a couple of guys, you jump into five hundred dollar block. I've never won anything. Now I'm starting to think back a little bit. Who was pulling those numbers? So if you don't know what a block pool is out there, you, you buy a whole grid of boxes, and then randomly numbers are assigned. You get one number for mm-hmm. uh, what the home or away team. At right. the end of each quarter, you get paid out. At the end of each game, you get paid out, and you know if it. I mean, if it's a tie ball game going through three quarters, somebody's making a ton of money,
0: yeah my my dad actually would run boards at his work uh, when he was working. and he gets on so many boards. It is incredible. i I Great. think that he and his best friend, they probably both pump out close to a thousand bucks on these boards throughout all of Wheeling in that area of West Virginia there. Go to bars. Hey, here's a hundred dollars. We're on it. And they split anything that they make. And I will say to you that he has more, more often than not, he's made his money back. And then some, he gets well, lucky and well, they get on so many boards that they'll go to a bar and they're like, Hey, you, you hit on the board. He goes, Oh really? We, you, we hit the halftime score. So they'll make their money back. You know, like sure. he, he gets on so many, but it is a total crap shoot. And, but they are a lot of fun though. It gives you something to root for
1: what we find controversial a little bit at pets picks is people that buy multiple boxes and I'm in one right now, ah. you know, and you, you could argue that there's some ethics behind that, that maybe that's not the proper thing to be doing here. Um, you know, and I, I, I think there maybe should be rules one box per person. I think if you're a stand-up gambler, you buy one box, go find another pool to buy a box kind of takes the fun away when a guy or a, or a woman, you know, wins uh, you know, two or three quarters here. Uh, I, I'm a believer in one box. I buy one lottery ticket. Anytime it's over a billion, I buy one lottery ticket. You don't need any more. Now, do you increase your chances? You probably do a lot. And if you're in a big money, you know, it might be worth investing $500 to buy five boxes in a, in a hundred dollar pool. Having said that, I mean, you can equally lose those. But you're each time you're buying, you're doubling your chances. So that's something to look at the rules a little bit as well. I mean, that's, that's a big one. Um, I have a buddy who, who's already picking his FanDuel team. He's picking his lineup, which, uh, you know, I, I know you probably know, Jeff, but if people know out there, you can bet a fantasy lineup oh, yeah. for the game. Mm-hmm. And if you pick these uh, strange players who never score and they score, you know, my buddy will say, I had 8,000 people. I'm number 18 right now. And So you can have a lot of fun with that. Uh, you can match up golfers with quarterbacks. and I mean, we're going to have a whole bonanza of things to talk about next week with that yeah, game.
0: for sure. Now I will say this, my theory on the, the block pools, I don't trust anyone that doesn't let me write my name on the square that I want. Sure. So the old, The old school way is not, hey, I'll put you on the board. It's you got to come over to the house or at the place of business and you literally put your initials or you put your name or whatever on the actual piece of paper, cardboard, whatever you're doing it with. Because that's how you avoid some fishy stuff. And I also like sure. the you get one box. You pick one box and then we move it on to the next person. You're not buying 10 boxes on, on one board. That's not fair. You
1: can't benefit the rich any more than you're already getting, Jeff. You know? <laughs>
0: Let's give everybody a fair <laughs> shot here, right? There you go. Get a fair shake. All right, we are. right. We're going to give you some picks today. This weekend is a big golf tournament, and we have talked about golf. I talk about golf a lot on my podcast, Fairways and Dreams. You can check that out wherever you get your podcast, Fairways and Symbol Dreams. But also, uh, golfing is really tough to gamble on. As you've talked about, picking your overall winner is like a raffle ticket. Uh, it's, it's almost impossible, but there's more betting to golf than just the winner. So this AT&T Pro-Am at Pebble Beach coming up. Uh, this is a fun one. What are you thinking here, Pez?
1: Well, you know we we talked a little bit, Jeff. After I, I we talked about you know what what I was liking this week, both of us like Jordan speed this week. Yes, I mean the numbers behind this guy. He he's playing really well coming out early in this season. Um, he's got he he ranks third in total strokes gained among those players in the field in the last ten rounds at Pebble Beach. Uh, he's been dominant throughout his career at Pebble Pebble Beach. I, I, I'm going to be shocked if he's not in the top five. His putter's been heating up the last few months. I I got him at eighteen to one. I think you said you had him sixteen to one.
0: Yep, say so plus you know, sixteen hundred.
1: Pretty good odds for a guy yep. that's you know Hall of Famer. I mean, what's he have four majors right now? And,
0: yeah, uh, he think, could have yeah. more too if he didn't collapse at the Masters. A few he, years
1: he's ago. he's a fun golfer. You know, and this course is a weird one for golf. You know, people that don't golf or bet golf out there, um, they, they measure courses in yardage. This mm-hmm. course is played under 7,000 yards, which is a course, you know, I, I think I could shoot well at. I mean, there's courses sometimes playing close to 8,000 yards. So yep. it's it's not a long balls course hitter. Tiny, tiny greens. Pebble Beach, I think, is the prettiest course in the world. That wouldn't include. I don't know why. I mean, I love Augusta. But I would love watching this course. I like looking at the houses. There's hundred million dollars on those houses, on those courses, on those houses, and it's public. It's a public yeah. course. Uh, you got to be able to hit wedges. Everyone's going to bang the ball up the wedge distance, wedge play, tiny, tiny greens. And if you miss a green, you you are screwed in Pebble Beach. Deep rough bunkers. You got the ocean. Uh, Wasn't it Spieth last year? He almost died. Hit the ball yeah. off the cliff. Yep. <laughs> Guy put his life on the line for Pebble Beach. How can we not go with this guy? <laughs> he hit a ball off of like a 500-foot cliff that, uh, you know, his his caddy had a run in. The guy did a little bit of the wobble. I, I love him this week, and I think he's poised for a big season. I think he knows he's getting to that age where you don't start winning majors, you start losing them. And yeah. you know, once you get into your 30s, the clock starts ticking. I think this is going to be a big year for that guy.
0: Well, on top of that, you know, it's we're recording this on Wednesday, and so they have the practice rounds there today, and the wind is out of this world. I mean, there's par right. threes where pros are hitting driver into the wind because it's that awesome. it's that crazy. So when you're talking about the small greens with the weather coming off the ocean, you want someone that can scramble. There is there's very few on tour right now that can scramble as well as Jordan yep. Spieth in terms of getting up and down out of that rough. But I've, I've got another play. We talked about this. The California kid, Max Homa, has the same odds at 16 plus 1,600. I like Max Homa here. But Pez, we talked about before we hit record, there's all these other bets on golf that you can run into. Sure. I love the specials here in this tournament. I went with Jordan Speed and Max Homa to finish in the top 10, including ties, plus 600. I like those odds. And there's a bunch. Like, Somehow, Rory and Scotty Scheffler have the best odds to win this tournament. I just don't see them winning. Rory's coming off a win in Dubai a couple weeks ago. Scotty Scheffler hasn't won yet on tour, but he's played well. He played in the opening tournament. He played really well down in Kalua to, to open up the season in Hawaii, but didn't win that tournament either.
1: Uh, you know, the one club that McElroy has always struggled with. I mean, you could argue putter, but I, I think his putter's his wedge game stinks. He, he yeah. has trouble with distance control with that wedge. Uh, I heard I, – I, it might have been um, one of the British guys last year – or actually, no, I think it was Jack said, I think he swings too hard with that wedge. He's got to start laying off a little bit and, it, you know, whatever it may be. I, I don't count him on this course. Scheffler, his putter's been cold now for about 10 months. You know, he <laughs> – I think I'm a better putter than Scotty Scheffler right now. So yeah. without putting on this course, you got to got to be sturdy. you got to be able to play in the wind. Like you said, Phil Mickelson is one here recently. I think uh, Gary Woodland, I think, might won a couple years ago before he got and sick. The U.S.
0: He won the U.S. Open there.
1: So you got to be steady. Got to be able to hit that ball in the wind. They say when it gets windy, you got to have kind of a kind of have a John Rom kind of ass thing. You got to be sturdy. You get blown <laughs> around when you're out there. Uh, it could be cold. It could yeah. be hot. I mean, you got to be prepared for everything. And being, I like the California players. I like the Texas players. Texas players all playing the wind, so. That is one notch for Sheffler, but I don't think the putter. Spieth is checking all the boxes for me. I got one other guy, another California boy, getting a little bit better. odds. 22-1. to 1. Uh, Morikawa won that U.S. Open in California. Um, he's, he is making his tournament debut, but this guy's got, you could argue, maybe the best wedge play in the world. I mean, he is precise. He, he can hit that wedge 50 to 100 yards. Uh, I think he's first right now. Strokes gained from 50 to 100 yards, and a, a number six, 100 to 150 yards. Those are numbers that that tell me 150 in, this guy's one of the best in the world, if not the best right now. Can he roll putts in? Can he hit the ball straight into the fairway? I mean, that's going to be a little tougher. But he grew up in California and Hawaii, yeah. knows wind, ocean courses. I've played a couple. Uh, we've, we've got one in Atlantic City. I, it's tough to play you're looking at the ocean you're looking at Atlantic City you forget you're even out there right I mean it's just yeah. beautiful so I I love this week and I believe this is the first week that we're gonna have in these new roles where we have no cut I think it's uh, 80 guys and it's a jumbo purse I think 20 mil yeah and and I think you know it takes a little pressure off of the pros too for you know, sure the old school Tiger's old school was you know you get to the you, you stay try to stay within five but you make the cut and then Saturday's your moving day so Maybe these guys do come out and they try to try to go after it early because they got nothing to lose. And you know, you're getting a big payday when there's only 80 dudes and you have $20 dollars $20 to give away. So I don't know. I think one one sneaky Ricky Fowler could maybe be good in this. He's got a crafty mm. short game.
0: I was thinking maybe. someone else. I was am I'm, I'm thinking someone that's already won this year on the on okay. the world tour. The fairway Jesus, Tommy Fleetwood, plus thirty three hundred. He's been I, playing good golf this year. He didn't. He a hey, bad year last year, but he's a guy. He's a European, and he's definitely used to the wind and playing that style of game. Hey, you want to take a long shot? That's thirty. Sure. That, that's a that's a big win if you put some money down. game.
1: Sure. Guy British guys are great in the wind, and yep. he for he had a great Ryder Cup. Yeah, uh, I think for years he was the best player to have not win a major. I mean, I think he slipped a little bit, so you don't hear him as much. But I love Fleawood. I, I would pull for that guy. The yeah, British guys sure. play well out there too. I, I think Mickelson beat uh, he beat the other British guy in the playoff when he won two years ago, and that's a good course for British players. They're used to small greens and tight old courses. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he won that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, good stuff, Pez. As always, what are your final thoughts before we head into the Pro Bowl weekend?
1: Well, <laughs> if if you're if you're a smart husband like last week, you know I took the family out to breakfast. I had the whole day, Jeff. Wife, wife told me I was a hero all day, okay? This week, tell they, they might not even know, Jeff, if, if their wife's not into football, tell them, say, hey, you know, I'm taking the week off of football. Let's go to the zoo. Let's go to a amusement park. Go to the movies. <laughs> do something you don't want to do. Next week, y- you can get after it early. Uh, I know most people now, men and women, and, and the biggest growing uh, uh, viewers and gamblers in America on NFL are women. So that's a great thing. If you're lucky, your wife's into the football like mine. You get to watch the games with them. But but be a good dad. Be a good husband this week. And if, for the women out there, if your husband's not into football, make them cook your breakfast, you know? You get the week yeah. off, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I encourage that.
1: I'm an yeah. omelet guy, Jeff. I, I'm an expert in the two-egg omelet. It's something I pride myself on here. I, I argue I make the best east of the Mississippi. I'd like to enter a contest. You know, I've got some special cheeses and vegetables I put in mine. <laughs>
0: Well, maybe we'll set that up for you. But uh, for this week, Pez's picks, you got to give you some golf picks. Next week is going to be a big show. So make sure you tune in as we talk about the Super Bowl and give you our picks there. Pez, as always, thanks a lot. We'll talk next week. Love it, Jeff. See you.